Hey, quick note on our signing day coverage. Josh and I will have you covered tomorrow beginning, well, at 9 a.m. for the show. Constant, consistent updates on who's in, and hopefully we're not talking about anyone who's out. Obviously, most eyes will be on Dominic McKinney, the A&M commit, whom you said we might not know until after the calendar turns. It sounds like it, yeah. Hmm. Uh, 10.30, if you want to go ahead and set that reminder, 10.30 tomorrow will be the Brent Venables presser. So check it out. Check it out. Tomorrow, if it's part of your regular routine, then good. If not, make it. Here's two quick texts um, for the 918. Caden Green, he just wanted to play tackle. Well, wasn't he going to play that here? He was, he was going to play tackle here, dude. Catch up. Um, I hear what you're saying, right? I mean, one one popular theory is, well, he was so good at guard, Oklahoma didn't want to move him back to tackle. No, he was going to get an opportunity to play tackle. Played a lot of tackle during the fall or during the spring last year when Walter Rouse was was hurt. And in fact, I'll, I'll just to to show you, I'll play what Bill Beanbow said tomorrow because I found it last night. It was from a coach's corner where we talked about Caden Green and his. In fact, I'll play it coming. How about we play it coming up today so we can put a wrap on this whole conversation? Sure. Right. Until we can tomorrow. just move on until tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, then real quick from Chapstick, he writes. If you know and can say, is there an update on Love's Field, it doesn't look promising to be completed by opening day. Yeah, no, it's not going to be completed by opening day, but for the the good news is the Sooners are out of town the entire month of February. Well, how <laughs> about the Sooners' home opening? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's I, – I don't know about you, Chapstick. I drove by yesterday. I think it looks awesome. I think it's coming along now. Again – like I said, this is a very untrained eye that I have when it comes to construction projects. <laughs> very much so. But we'll see. I feel like Coach Kindler was in earlier, and she even said it's been pretty wild to see how quickly that's that's grown. And they've been watching it day, day by day. day. And, and by the way, if Coach Gasso is listening today, uh, number one, I was in your neighborhood the other night. I know that sounds creepy. But we were having a, uh, a Christmas party with the Blairs, Steve and, and Dela. Blair had us over, and it was just an amazing experience. And I thought, you know, I should just, I should just go over. Like, hey, Coach, what's going on? Yeah, no, got my family here. We're just going to come chill for a little bit. But then the second part of it was uh, KJ Kindler had said she wanted a, a tour. Since they've been watching it firsthand, right? They want to know what's going on sure. over there. But I don't know about you, Chapstick, but I think – I think that it's come along pretty well. I think it's come along pretty well. All right, you ready for the uh, top five stories of the day? I'm ready. Let's do ready. it. Ready. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. <laughs> That's actually a good one, guy. Uh, Patty, I was in your neighborhood. You know, the Black Escalade. <laughs> Newcastle Casino. I do not drive a Black Escalade. Newcastle Casino. We had a blast out there yesterday. Um, I, I stuck around. I walked over by the uh, OTB. Was watching some of the early races. I was upset. Dover Downs didn't start until like 1230. So I was Could stick around for Could that. Could stick around for that. But check it out for yourself. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, right off the exit. Uh, 14 table games 
Always a good time. NewcastleCasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Did I mention tomorrow, Brent Venables, 1030, recruiting day coverage? We'll have you right here on The Ref. All right, number five. Hoops tonight. The OU women's basketball team is playing the first half of the Jumpman Classic when they square off against North Carolina at 8.30 tonight on ESPN2. So I had a couple of notes here if you care about them. Uh, According to uh, Patizzi's game notes, the Sooners have one of the most balanced offenses in the country. Four players that score in double figures and three more that average right at six points per game. Skyler Van, Aubrey Jones, Peyton Verholst, and Sahara Williams all scoring double digits. And I didn't realize this. There is a very short history between the OU men and North Carolina and an equally short history between the OU women and North Carolina. Just the fifth all-time meeting between the two teams. Each team has won two. The last time these two teams played, 2008, when North Carolina beat OU in Norman. So that is tonight. By the way, sticking with a little basketball, we talked about it before the top of the hour. Nice little home stretch here for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got it started with a big win. Well, I don't want to get too carried away here. With a win over a Memphis team that is reeling without one Ja Morant. But Thunder took care of business. What did you say? Seven blocks last night. 116-97 was the final score. Seven blocks from Chet Holmgren. Another 30-point effort from Shea Gilges. He's so Alexander. good, So good. So good. Thunder will be in action against the Clippers coming up on Thursday night at 7 o'clock inside the LNC. Anything else basketball-related from last night you feel like we need to get to? Western playoffs are going to be great, aren't they? They really are, from top to bottom. They really are. All right, big story number four. Number four. Now, I might have been the one that was tuned in yesterday to something that I, you know, we used to always joke about these sponsorships and how all oh, these sponsorships are so out of control. I'm, I'm sick and tired of these goofy sponsors. I, I, I was not aware of Famous Toastery. Uh, were you aware of Famous Toastery yesterday? Is that, uh, is that like a? Knockoff Pop Tart brand. I it, they were walking around with a bunch of bread during the post game, so I think it's just a bread. But it was an incredible game. If you happen to stick around through it, and oh my gosh, I've lost all my audio. Oh, here we go. The uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers battled back. Oh, I guess it helps if I plug everything. In. One of the uh, greatest mascots in sports. I know that it's it might be the best mascot currently going in sports right now outside of Boomer and Sooner, uh, here's what it sounded like whenever they were able to wrap it up and get that dub. Is it not working? Oh, sorry, my bad. I, oh. one, one second here. Oh, wait, hold on a second. I don't know how to redo this. All right, let's try it. Complete the comeback and win this game in overtime. Right between the hashes. Snap back, hold down, kick from Carnario is up. And that kick is good. Western Kentucky comes from 28-0 down and wins the famous Toastry Bowl in overtime. 38-35 and a massive comeback for the Hilltoppers. Someone says famous Toastery from the 703 is a restaurant. Huh. Where, whereabouts? I guess where they played the game. 
I guess so. Where did they play the game last night? Boy, you would you would not be able to tell that I was watching. Oh, Charlotte. It was in Charlotte. <laughs> I swear to you, I watched a lot of this game. <laughs> Listen, believe it or not, in our pre-show meeting, there was much discussion about the famous toastery bowl. Okay, so here's what's funny is I no no, I I Googled up famous toastery and it uh it automatically took me to the bowl game. Famous toastery, breakfast, brunch, lunch, all at once. That sounds like my kind of place. Uh, it doesn't seem as if it's found its way towards God's country yet. Looks like that it's still a majority in the uh, around the uh, East Coast right now. Yeah, it's just uh, North Carolina, Maryland, South Carolina. Way too much on a bull sponsor. So but it was a somewhat famous toastery. Somewhat, somewhat. So today... That was a, not a very exciting call for a. <laughs> I was gonna say a comeback from twenty eight. Someone down. go get my man. They they claim that was the Western Kentucky broadcast, and we win the game. Thank God, thirty eight, thirty five. I think the TV guys were actually more excited about it. You get a game tonight at eight p.m. Why we're playing these games so late? I will never understand. It's the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. UTSA and Marshall. Did you know that Toby Rowland will be on the call for this? How about that? Yeah. Um, your thoughts on Scooter's coffee? Where do you stand? Oh, I like Scooter's. Do you? Okay. I, I like, yeah, I, I right. dig some Scooter's. I'm I'm still in the process of needing to be sold on Scooter's. Get yourself like a candy bar coffee. See, but that, that's not me. I'm black coffee. I understand. You're, you're win telling, in Rome. Well, win in Rome? <laughs> um. Is that it? Yeah, 8 o'clock tonight, UTSA and Muskogee. All right, big story number three. Number three. By the way, I did have to laugh at this. Uh, I have the text line up. It said, come on, Chris, Dover Downs, how about some Zia? Oh, I I, I, I played a race at Zia. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I looked up, I was like, that two-horse looks pretty good. Where's its odds? 10 to 1? Did you, did you win anything? No. no. It's tough to win at hey, the, Friday, to win the Friday at Riverwind, we had a good little run. Nice. Now, we do this, by the way, um, we do this just for fun and entertainment. But the thing that I dig, if I could go more in-depth on our sponsor, Newcastle Casino, when you go to their OTB, they have all the program. They have all the cheat sheets that are out there. So you don't have to go looking for them online. Yeah, they've got it for you. They've got it for you. As they should. And I love to have that. That's one of the great things is having that physical paper in your hand where you're like, ooh, okay. Which is speed rating on this one? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So I falter near the end, so I can try to, I can try to sound a lot smarter than I'm actually in whenever it comes to it. But no, 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 I was, I was there. Nine one eight, I was there. All right, are we, did we say big story number three? Did we? Did we, we did. Hit? Okay. Would you like to sound her one more time? Hey, let's, oh let's yeah, do it you know maybe number just three. three. Right what a Monday night football game! What a Monday night football game! In fact, here we are, two hours and fourteen minutes into the game. And we've barely talked about it. And who was the hero? Why, Drew Locke. Locke from the shotgun. JSN is wide to the far side. Drew looks, throws that way. Got JSN. He reaches up. Makes the catch. Touchdown. Seahawks. Holy catfish. What a throw by Drew Locke. What an over-the-shoulder catch by Jackson Smith and Jigba. 29 yards out. His third touchdown reception. And with 28 seconds left, the Seahawks lead 19-17. to 17. 
Now that they said that to the Western Kentucky broadcaster, that's how you call it. What in the in that case ended up being a game-winning play. Yeah, that's how it's done. And then, oh, I can't wait to hear, hear this now. Hurts drops back, has time, loads up, throws. AJ Brown, the defense, it's intercepted. Does he keep his feet in? He does. <laughs> yeah. The interception made by Love. This guy's going nuts for the Seahawks defense, <laughs> making big plays. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. Oh, man. that's my guy now. I will. I will be listening to a lot of Seahawks football from this point forward. That's pretty good. That's okay. Let's let's have a quick NFL conversation here. Seahawks win it twenty to seventeen. That uh, what this does do is it puts the San Francisco 49ers in firm control, in the complete driver's seat for the top spot in the NFC right now. And and it gives the Dallas Cowboys the two seed in the NFC. If the playoffs were to end today, which they don't. All right, did I say end today? <laughs> Your Super Bowl would be San Francisco and Baltimore. No, if this uh, the playoffs were to start today, Dallas would be playing – the Rams in the first round. Gosh, yeah, it's a tasty opener. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Dallas is going to end up in the NFC Championship game, aren't they? You feel gonna, it? And we're all going to be like, where did this come from? Well, they've had a really good season. Uh, anyway, from last night. So I, I brought up that according to Pro Football Talk, Josh, have you heard of them before? Mike Florio. If the Cowboys and the Eagles were to both win out, and end up, I guess, what would that be? A thirteen and four, couple of thirteen and four squads. Yeah, thirteen and four uh, squads in the National Football League. That it would come down to the fifth tiebreaker. What are one through four? Okay, one through four is just overall record, right? And then, uh, so it head to head, head to head is in there. Division he, record. Here's here's what they have. All right, if I can get it to. Oh, son of a bee. See, I'm I'm trying to be a little bit better about using the uh the Mac, but whenever it comes to no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want I just want to zoom I want to make it bigger. And every single time I try to make it bigger by doing the the finger on the, the iPad or the mouse pad thing, it goes to another website. Okay. Here we go. If they finish with the same record, both teams win their final three games. The Eagles have the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants. The Cowboys have the Dolphins, Lions, and Commanders. 13-4. and four. That tie would be broken by strength of victory, which would go to the Eagles right now. Strength of victory is the cumulative winning percentage of the teams a given franchise has beaten. Now, the Cowboys could potentially catch them. Whether they, whether they do hinges on whether the teams Philly has beaten this year lose enough down the stretch and whether the teams the Cowboys have beaten this year win down the stretch. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's literally what happens everywhere. So, in other words, it's like college football. Right now, the cumulative, uh, cumulative record of the 10 teams Philly has beaten is 69-71, and 71, while the Cowboys, it's 53-87. and 87. Wow. Playing a bunch of cupcakes. So basically, the Cowboys will have to root for the Giants twice and the Cardinals and then hope to take care of business in order to avoid the fifth seed. Yeah, I guess what? One through four would be like, all right, head-to-head, they split. Overall would be first. Right. Uh, Well, right, exactly. Overall record, that's tie. 
Head to head would be second. What probably like division record? Division record would be tied, and then the record against conference the next record, ranked NFC team. record. I bet would be next. I wonder if there's also a tiebreaker in there that would be record against the third place team, or is that just college football that does that? I think it's just college football. <laughs> After division records tied, they would move down to Ugh. NFC record. I believe. Ugh. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, sorry. My wife keeps texting me. All right, big story number uh, – by the way, 2017, the Seahawks won last night. Seahawks firmly in the playoffs right now, too. Not At a good seven. loss uh, for Philly. Well, no. It, I, where's the panic meter right now? Three in a row. Uh, I, I know Jalen obviously was under the weather, but uh, things are not going great. I, I don't agree with David Carr that Marcus Mariota should play, but I would also say that Jalen doesn't look right. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. Is it time to retire the Jordan flu game comparison? Is is that over now for anything? Yeah, I mean, like, do we have to just let it go? It's been it's been a long time now. Like last night in pregame, they went down. Who's the sideline reporter? Lisa Salters. And she's great, yeah. and I love her. But she said, "Is this the time for Jalen Hurts' Michael Jordan flu game?" It's like, is it time to let that one go? Do you realize when? And I love Jordan. And haven't we learned that it wasn't even the flu, that it was food poisoning? Isn't that what we've learned, Slash too? Slash he was hungover. Right. I mean, and that's also going back to 1997. You know, it's not like it was 10 years ago. <laughs> that's what I'm – I'm just just a, just a debate, you know. Just a thought. Bring it to the public forum here. I like it. All right, big story. Where are we? Number two. Number two. I just wanted to – I just wanted to quickly, quickly point out, in big story two – Recruiting storylines we're following, and this reminder. Tomorrow at 10.30 is the Brent Venables press conference where he talks about the recruiting class. We'll see how much portal conversations there are. But uh, 10.30 tomorrow, Brent Venables presser, all eyes on Dominic McKinney. Though, as you've brought up a couple of times, seems like we might not get a decision tomorrow. Sounds like it. Mm. So, uh, bright and early for Brent, huh? You know... These press conferences, and I know this is going back to now what is the second signing day, right? Will that supersede you and I? No. Well, we get to air it. Right. But we don't – I mean, he'll be done probably pretty quick, don't you think? A half hour. Yes, yeah, so we get a little half hour break during the show tomorrow. We should party. Oklahoma's class – Currently, do, do we use the composite rankings? Is that what we use on this show? Yeah, I would say so. Seventh overall in the composite rankings. Per 24-7. Uh, tenth overall. Fifteenth in the transfer rank. So composite is seventh. Overall, according to 247, is ten. And the transfer uh, portal rankings have them at 15. Thank you, Dion. Obviously, David Stone is the big name to sign tomorrow. Uh. Are we worried about anyone? I don't think so. Here? Okay, that's a good sign. And the way uh, you know Brent has been talking, twenty of twenty-eight will be mid-year enrollees. So that that part's pretty exciting. Oklahoma uh, yesterday, if you missed it on the show, added Bauer Sharp as a tight end, but it'd been a little quiet out of the portal. Outside of big story number one, number one. No. Number one. Caden Green officially announces he's on his way to Missouri, so we shut the door on that story. But I do want to play what Bill Beanbow had to say so everyone can kind of understand, hey, this wasn't a situation where they're like, you're going to stay at guard. You're not going anywhere else. 
I don't know why we're still having to explain this, but here we are. So I it, now the timing of it is even more interesting as far as I'm concerned. But Josh, we do have ourselves another name to add to the list of offers that are out there that we know of. And you're always smart in clarifying this. Offers that we know of because there could be a lot that we don't. Anton Junkaj. 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 Thank you. Seely just literally told it to us last. Still, man, can you please like just write this out? And you can write it out studio? here, and I would still absolutely, positively, consistently for <laughs> forget about it. But Anton Junkaj, there's you know, unfortunately, whenever you are going after some of these smaller school guys, there's not a lot of information. He played at Albany in 2023. He was a CAA. Honorable mention in the preseason. Colonial Athletic Association. Very good. And he finished last year with 15 sacks. 15 sacks, including three multi-sack games in his first five contests. 21 and a half tackles for loss. Comes in at 6'3", 273. 6'3", 273. And he was a single digit defensive lineman last season so a lot of people jumped on that boat though yesterday I don't know if he just got in the portal or everyone was like hey we need to find some defensive linemen all right we're offering this guy <laughs> or or if he just now started to make it all public on his Twitter feed but there you go the uh high school recruiting ranking was do we have access to that what did that oh, look like here. bio no <laughs> we do not. You send me this guy's name, and I'll figure it out for us. Um, I bet I could find it here. Oh, no, I can't because we, we can get it during the break. We'll get what? What fun is that? I like to do it live on the air. <laughs> right, stinking now. All right, so there's your top five stories of the day. Thunder win over Memphis. OU women in action tonight against UNC at eight thirty on ESPN two. Western Kentucky walks off Old Dominion in the famous Toaster Bowl. Tonight at eight o'clock you get UTSA and I wrote down Muskogee for some reason. UTSA will be playing the state champion Muskogee Ruffers tonight. <laughs> nice. uh, Marshall at eight o'clock this evening. Monday night football, the Eagles lose its third straight, and you'll get the Brent Venables press conference tomorrow at ten thirty, right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. So just just because, Josh, I think this will be a good way to put a wrap um, on November 23rd. Does that seem right? No, wait, hold on. That's right. That's incorrect. November 15th on Coach's Corner, we had Bill Biedenbow on. And I was thinking about this a lot through the whole Caden Green process. And today, Caden uh, Green announced that he was transferring to Missouri but those that are like, oh, he wanted to play tackle and oh, you wouldn't let him play guard. I want you to I want you to listen to what Coach Beanbo said. What would this be? Almost like a month ago to the date? Yep. Looking at what his future looks this like. This is Gabe asking the question. I, I know you've always liked guys that can play guard and play tackle. You you like versatility with your alineman, but <clears throat> he's looking awfully good at guard. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what what what's that conversation like? What the what's that de- decision process like for you is that just something you evaluate after the season you see what the numbers are like where the strengths are where the weaknesses are yes no doubt and um but he I I think and obviously you never know man we're in a different day and age you know with the transfer portal and 
guys can leave whenever they want and all those things. So you never totally know, but I do think, I thought coming in it would be his best position. He did a really good job at tackle in the spring of just getting better and better. Um, you know, and tackles are hard to find, you know, no matter where you are, NFL, high school, or here, you know. And, um, but I just think the big body, um, you know, being able to move people, obviously going to the conference that we're going to, it's going to, you know, change the bodies that we're blocking. So I would say today he's going to stay at guard with the ability to play tackle. But like you said, you got to evaluate everything every year, every spring, every fall to see where you are and who your best five are. Even at that point, even at that point, Bill Beanbow's like, I mean, this is a different era, guys. You know, and I don't – this is just me. I think listening to that, I don't think Bill Beanbow or Brent Venables would have been like, you're not going back to tackle. They would have done what they could to keep him around, right? If they knew that that was right. the tipping point. Which it makes sense why it would be because guess what? That's where the big money – in the future lies. Oh, yeah? Left tackle. Oh, yeah? Big-time cash there, baby. You're right. Leatherneck Sooner writes, so no legal action will be taken. Here's <laughs> asking the question. I mean, no. Until we get to the point where coaches, and this is, this is even beyond a Caden Green conversation, okay? Until we get to the point, Josh Hellman, where we don't, oh, they're not don't, where we care enough to make, and this is a plank take that's been nonstop, to make tampering a big-time issue. And it's going to be hard to prove, and you got to have names that are named, you got to have a paper trail, and all these things. Nothing's going to happen. No one's going to pursue anything. I noticed someone, uh, was it Colin Kennedy, that was all over all of the highlights last night from Danny Okoye in the, uh, in the Army Bowl? There you go. I'm looking at a clip right now. Michael Boganowski making some plays. Yeah. 539 writes, please, enough of Caden Green. Can we talk about who we are going to have? Are we where you're getting or who we have? Sure. I mean, absolutely. But lit- literally, dude, he, he just committed last hour to Missouri. And instead of – playing that clip tomorrow I thought it'd be interesting to hear what he had to say Bill Biedenboe about the whole situation that sounded to me like a coach that thought hey I think you're going to be better at guard but the realization that hey if he if you want to go and get up and leave somewhere put your tackle you know we don't want to lose you but it does I personally don't think that that was the make or break thing I don't think either Biedenboe nor Venables would have stood on a table and said you can't move to tackle because they saw him do good things with it in the spring. Sure. But there it was. Doesn't really – it just kind of sheds a light. It's – I don't want to say wild, but it is kind of interesting, Josh, whenever you hear the offensive line coach say, eh, you know, I, that portal's real. Guys can get up and leave at any time. i got to be cognizant of that. And then to see how it played out is, sure. is fascinating. And he did say the final comment, you know, right now we see him staying at guard. Right. But with the realization that obviously that could change. Mm. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add to it? Put the put the pin in it, put the fork in it, and get the text line next? Well, I think uh, to some degree the, the text line is right. As the uh, Swiftco transfer portal rolls on here, it's it's time to think about what, uh, what does the succession plan for OU look like? Uh, 
there's some talented young guys to be excited about beyond what Caden Green was going to be for Oklahoma, and not just that are signing right here, right now, tomorrow with OU, but uh, the Ozidas of the world, Logan Howland. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know about Sexton and, and a little bit about Taylor. And, and now it's, hey, opportunity for those guys has arisen. When we come back to the text line, we go right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Boy, they really uh... – they didn't do Chip Kelly any favors with that virtual background, did they? Are you? <laughs> no, they did not. He looks like uh, somebody from Star Wars. I, I was just about to say he looks like a Emperor Palpatine. Right, man. He's uh, time just keeps moving, doesn't it? He's he's starting to get up there, but isn't it wild to think about Chip Kelly's coaching arc from like New Hampshire to all of a sudden you're running an offense that people are kind of falling for. You get hired as the OC at Oregon, and you become the head coach, and then you go to play for a championship, and then all of a sudden they kind of change the rules a little bit, so you got to reset. I mean, isn't it fair to say that Chip Kelly is who made Oregon Oregon? I know yeah. that Bilotti was great, yeah. but Chip kind of took it and really elevated it to a different stratosphere in the perception of the program and, you know, the the – resources and such at your disposal of course were a part of that too but what he did i i would argue totally changed the way people think about oregon totally and i mean two shots in the nfl had a pretty good first season with the eagles right and then all of a sudden people realized he was just terrible as an nfl head coach and now has fought off getting fired at least three years in a row at ucla it seems it's uh, fascinating to think about the Eagles' trajectory. Oh yeah, post Kelly too. I mean, do you realize the first two seasons he went ten and six, and then went ten and six again, and then he got fired after a six and nine season? I mean, ten and six in the NFL, I take it every year. I'm like, oh, we're ten and twelve now, maybe eleven and six, ten and seven. Pretty I'd doggone good. Feel good during the playoffs, usually. Now since then, it's. Both teams that he left, though, as soon as they moved on from him, boy, did they take off. Yeah, they looked looked pretty bright. It was just funny. We were watching Pat McAfee on here in studio. You know how many uh, 10-win seasons he's had at UCLA? I don't think he's had any, has he? Zero. And he went whenever he was at Oregon, 10-3, 12-1, 12-2, 12-1, and won two of his four bowl games. His only loss was in the Rose Bowl his first year and in the BCS National Championship game. All this – while starting his coaching career as uh, as a running backs coach at New Hampshire, he was a he was a DB and special team coach at Columbia in 1990. Unreal. All right, I did not mean to get off on Chip Kelly, but here we are. All right, to the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's just roll through these for about a good ten minutes here. How's that sound? Jeff writes: NIL was created because schools were making billions of dollars off students' names, image, and likenesses. How is the school making anything off the incoming student that the average fan has no idea who they are? This is why I believe the players shouldn't get any NIL for their first year. Well, I agree, but we have to stop. Name, image, and likeness to me is a completely separate world than what we're talking about now. That's me. There might be some people that disagree, but NIL to me is going out and profiting in the marketplace with sponsors, with partners, This is pay-for-play, and that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but how can you have NIL as 
like Jeff brought up, a freshman coming in. These are collective wars. Thank you. They're paid for play. Postal Sooner. Just like OU slapped a student enhancement fee on our season tickets over 10 years ago, when will OU slap an NIL fee onto our season tickets? Oh, it's it's coming. You know it's probably coming. Mm-hmm. The 417. How long until college football realizes you can't buy championships? Pro teams have proven money doesn't mean everything. Look at the Dodgers, Mets, etc. Well, I think the Dodgers are trying to go ahead and prove that money can buy just about anything this offseason. <laughs> I think they're kind of trying to say, hey, buddy, you keep that take to yourself, all right? It could certainly buy you a seat at the table. Yes. I mean, it might not outright go get it for you, but it gets you in the neighborhood. A version of this tweet has been sent by several of you. I think uh, Big Chris, Camo Sooner as well, with Missouri being Green's choice. It feels very much like tampering was a thing. I feel like had he picked Oregon, not so much. (laughs) Well, outside of Dylan Gabriel, right? I mean. Yeah, Danny Boomer, right? It's all these people trash Dylan for tampering to get Kane to Oregon, need to kick rocks and take an apology lap. He uh, He's the big winner today, is he not? He's off the so. hook. I guess. I, I was thinking about this. You know, how – it's such an old man way to look at it. But guys that transfer and go other places and have success, when they come back for – you know, the 10, 15, 20-year anniversary of their time at OU or at other places, it's like, ah, he did go to Oregon or he did go here. Like, how is that handled looking at it's a 20-year anniversary of the first 10-win team of the Brent Venables era? I don't I mean, I don't know. I'm just – we didn't win a conference championship. Probably you, not yeah. going to be commemorated not, a bunch. Not, right, exactly. But I'm just saying in general, you know – are they still invited? I mean, do they still get to come? The uh, 405 writes, better solution to slow down the portal, transfer sit out a year, or allow school to pay contracts with buyouts. The Here's the problem with the transfer is sitting out a year. We've already seen the NCAA get smoked in court over it, so it's just not going to happen. I mean, they're not just losing. They are losing whenever it comes to that battle. What about uh... – you know, I mean, you just can't transfer a bazillion times, right? We've made those adjustments. Well, I mean, even the, the second time transfers is what led to the most recent ruling, right, with the West Virginia kids. Notice it made a big difference for the Mountaineers who were beaten by UMass over the weekend at college basketball. But I, I will say 405, I, I, I hate, you guys have to start giving yourself names on these, so I'm just not referring to you by your area code. But I would say, sir or ma'am, TF-174. Still the greatest way to describe it. I laughed so hard at Steel Man's impersonation of my buddy DG back. I mean, it was just fantastic. TF-175, grain or wheat? Well, I tend to be more of a wheat guy. TF-1647, oatmeal or cereal? (laughs) Better solution to slow down the portal, allow schools to pay contracts with buyouts. I just, we're getting into that. Whole, that's that is not just welcome to the new age. That is a whole new world. I mean, that is students as employees. Employees, and you're. I think in the end, that might be where we head. I really do. 
with uh, some sort of collectively bargained share of the television revenue? Absolutely. Um, some of these families, it's not about getting developed rights to 918. It's about a quick buck. I wish 40, what am I, am I 48? 48-year-old Chris would have had his wits about him that if he had a chance to make 500K in NIL, that he wouldn't have just jumped at it and had stopped and thought about, hey, but you're going to be okay. Because I wouldn't be able to do that at that no. age. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm, I can make what there? Peace out. Later. See ya. Um, let's see here. Angry Ronnie, when he's not yelling at me, writes, When I walked on in 2007, Coach Merv Johnson was the main reason for it. I was all set on going to Nebraska. Truthful, honest guy who talked me into fullback uh, instead of linebacker. I had the opportunity to play, got injured, and that was the end of it. But without Coach Merv, I wouldn't have made that choice. Well, angry Ronnie, if you'd gone to Nebraska, maybe you didn't get hurt. No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to trigger angry Ronnie even more. You'd be celebrating Dylan Riola's flip right now. What – the font in his little thing was too small for me to zoom in and read. I don't know what that was, but it kind of seemed to make sense that you were the, the, the little brother of a Nebraska legend who's on the staff that you would eventually end up choosing that school. I mean, I'm happy for you or I'm sorry that happened. Right. I'm just I'm I not zooming in on that. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, his, his dad. Played uh, at Nebraska. Oh, was, did I say his brother? I'm sorry, his dad was. And his brother might have too, but. Uh. Yeah, his dad was the was the Rayola that played in the National Football League. Was mm-hmm. well. I'm sorry. Uh, the 405 Rats. When I'm not listening to the ref, I listen to a lot of SEC podcasts. They all say when the 12-team playoff starts, having OU in Texas in the SEC hurts everyone not named Bama and Georgia. SEC mids are the only ones who think we will struggle. Yeah, the Auburns, the Ole Miss fans, the Mississippi State fans. Because their relevancy right, is on the line. It is very much on the line. And you know what? There's a chance. There's a chance one of the one of the losses for OU next year is that Auburn game. That's a tough spot in the schedule. But but I don't think Oklahoma is suddenly going to become Arkansas in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, it might not be great news for the Tennessee's, Florida's, programs no! like that of the world that no! – uh, OU's uh, sliding on in. Uh, and then Josh from Car Equipment, a man's man. That's Josh. Drives a big truck, big-time equipment, knows what he's doing, a real man. He writes, we need to not forget the words of Coach Bob Stoops during the time of the open portal. There's not one guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than this program. Well-spoken words from the man's man. Well done, Josh. Quick ba- uh, break. We'll put a wrap with some final thoughts, courtesy of Primrose Funeral Services next. It sounds terrible to tell this story, but happy birthday to an Ohio woman. She turned 105. Now, listen, I'm not here to tell her what to do, but she might want to have Primrose Funeral Service on speed dial. Just 105 for Flo Hickman. Flo Hickman. Do you want to know how she celebrated her 105th birthday, Josh Helmer? I would love to know. Watching football, she loves the Bengals, and drinking Fireball. (laughs) How much? She had her three favorite things at her party, Fireball, Cinnamon Whiskey, Firefighters, and she got to watch her favorite football team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow, she had Firefighters there? Yeah. 
I didn't realize firefighters are a big thing for my wife, too. I think I might have to actually start learning how to be a firefighter to impress her. <laughs> this sports stuff does not matter to her, but she sees a fire truck. All what, of a, what 105 is too old to invite firefighters to the party. I, I would say, right, 105 years old. She was, you know what? They pointed this out in the Barstool story where I saw this. Fireball whiskey was created 30 years ago. What? That means that she was 75 when she tried Fireball whiskey for the first time. (laughs) Some of her favorite hobbies are exercising for 20 minutes a day, watching her favorite football team, the Bengals, swigging Fireball, playing the Oregon, going on walks, dancing, and attending her daily happy hour with her friends at Traditions of Deerfield Retirement and Assisted Living Facility. That is epic. I mean, listen, I'm not here to tell you people what you need to choose to drink or not. Even if this woman is 105 years old and she tells you that is the way to a long and healthy life, I'm going to tell you that Statistics bear out otherwise. I, I don't think that could be anywhere further from the truth. She defined some odds, though. <laughs> exactly. So explain to me again. You exercise 20 minutes a day, and then what do you do? Well, I swig fireball whiskey. I mean, I, the only people I hear that enjoy fireball whiskey are college kids, fraternity well, bros. She must handle the stress better than the rest of us, oh. too, because watching that much Bengals football, I would imagine, <laughs> be tough to deal with. I mean, the, I think my favorite part is she turns 105 – Fireball has only been around for 30 years, so that means that she just tried it when she was 75 years old. She fell in love. Oh. You'll have a great rest of your day. Steelman and Thune at noon or next. Don't forget complete signing day coverage, including including the Brent Venables press conference tomorrow live at 1030 right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.